So this actually happened kind of recently. I got a voicemail from one of our speakers from a long time ago. And this guy was a character, I'm telling you. Um, (laughs) And so apparently he heard that his speech from YCP was somewhere on the internet on YouTube. And he said, I tell you what, Jenny, if you can send me, if you can send me the link, I will give you (laughs) $5,000. And so I said, well, if he's going to give me 5000 just for sending him a YouTube link, I'm going to ask him for a little more. So I called him back and I said, I tell you what, I'll send you the YouTube link if you make it $10,000. And he laughed and he said, my, you're a good saleswoman. And he said he, said he would do it. Welcome back to One Visit Away with your host, Kevin Fitzpatrick. This show focuses on true stories of philanthropy in order to understand what it takes to succeed in major gift fundraising. Listen to these stories, and you'll realize you're just one visit away from a transformational experience for your benefactors and your organization. In this episode, I speak with Jennifer Baugh from Young Catholic Professionals. Jennifer is the founder and national executive director of YCP a nonprofit organization that encourages young professionals to embrace their faith and work in witness for Christ. She received her Bachelor of Science in Marketing from Trinity University and her MBA from Texas A&M, graduating summa cum laude. Jennifer worked for Merrill Lynch in the Global Wealth Management Practice and for FTI Consulting in the Corporate Restructuring Practice before starting the YCP Apostolate in 2010. As you can hear from Jen's uh, introduction and also just the great uh, little hook we have at the beginning of this, she is a very impressive person with some incredible stories to share, and I know you're going to enjoy this episode. And as always, if you're enjoying One Visit Away, please leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show grow. Again, I'm giving shout-outs to anyone who leaves a review uh, from the previous week in the next week's episode. And I am thoroughly enjoying the nicknames you guys are coming up with. This week, we had a review left from Squirrel Boy. And not just Squirrel Boy, B-O-Y, but Squirrel Boy with uh, about five eyes on the end. But anyway, thank you so much, Squirrel Boy, for your review and rating of the show. And glad it is helping you out. Now on to this incredible, funny, and educational episode with Jen Baugh of YCP. Well, welcome to One Visit Away, Jen. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Kevin. Fun to be with you. I I always think it's interesting to have founders of organizations on. So if you could give everyone a little bit of background about yourself and how you wound up starting YCP, uh, that'd be great. Sure. Sure. So a little bit about me, I am the founder and executive director of Young Catholic Professionals. Would have never imagined that I would be working for a Catholic nonprofit organization, but it's been a wonderful journey, a very entrepreneurial journey, uh, which, you know, I think speaks a lot to sort of who I, I have always been, which is someone who's creative, someone who's searching. And really the founding of YCP uh, came through my own faith conversion experience, Uh, I had just finished business school and I was new to Dallas and I had some time off in between business school and starting a a consulting job. And it was during that time for the first time, time for silence and reflection that I realized that my faith was very surface level. Um, So it kind of became clear to me that 
if I did want to embrace my faith, this was the time. Um, this was the one time you'd get, to, you know, a little bit of a break. And so through a lot of soul searching and intense, you know, all those questions, what is the meaning of life? Uh, there was a moment of just an outpouring of grace and mercy and in a, in a sense, a kind of a understanding that um, God had always been with me and that it was just my turn now to open my heart. Uh, so long story short, you know, this personal faith experience led to a desire to grow deeper in my faith. It also led to a desire to share my faith with others and make sure that I didn't lose this new faith going into a very secular working environment. So long story short, I I went to look for other groups and saw a real opportunity to bring young Catholics who are in the world, who are working together um, and to encourage them to live their faith in the workplace. So again, very much out of character, uh, started, decided to start this. Uh, it was very, very successful in Dallas to the point where I actually quit my consulting job, took a leap of faith. And here I am today, the ministries in 23 different cities. We're about to launch in St. Louis this week. And uh, just feel very blessed to be part of this. So I'm sure when you quit the consulting career after finishing business school, your salary immediately tripled upon uh, starting YCP, right? <laughs> if by tripled, you mean in the opposite direction. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's, that was certainly part of, the, uh, part of the adventure, part of the leap. The reason I brought up the thing about your, your pay is a question I was thinking about this morning before we got on is sometimes I will tell uh, people that I'm coaching that founders, sometimes people like founders of organizations think, well, I should hire director of development because fundraising really isn't my thing. And I'm probably not the best suited for that. And I always tell people, if you're the founder of the organization, there's no one who's better suited to ask for significant gifts, uh, partially because you built it, you know the most about it, but also because you've sacrificed deeply uh, to be there and a lot of times financially. And so uh, for for you to ask someone for a $100,000 gift is you're not asking someone to do something that you haven't already done yourself in a way. Uh, certainly, you've sacrificed, I would imagine, well over $100,000 in income uh, to do this. And, and so when a founder who's done something like that, they should be able to ask someone for a gift like that very confidently, knowing that I'm not asking you to do anything I haven't done myself. So what are your thoughts on that? I think it's so, so, so great that you brought that up. It's very true. I think it's so important to have that sense of skin in the game because it makes it all that much more authentic. Um, and so, you're absolutely right. That did give me confidence uh, when I was initially, you know, fundraising at the very beginning of, of YCP's life, because I was so passionate, passionate about it to the point where I was willing to take such a great leap. <laughs> um, the, 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 I think the donors could sense that I so much believed in the need and the cause that I was willing to, in a sense, stake my livelihood on it, that it it gave them all the more confidence. I think the other thing uh, that your comment or your point uh, brings up is that I was very um, interested in ensuring the viability of YCP as a sort of a 
early founder, a creator of something new. And so I really believed in sort of limiting my investments, whether it was in additional personnel or any other type of investments. I I really wanted to be prudent in the way I was doing it. I wanted to raise the funds. I also wanted to just simply prove that there was a need for this and there was traction locally. Um, and so I think that prudence served me well. Um, you know, one thing I've seen about a lot of other nonprofits is that, you know, they're, they're, they tend to focus so much on fundraising, but not as much on how the funds are being used. I was very careful in YCP's early years to the point where when we get, did get to the point where we needed to scale and bring on new employees, I had that, that cushion there. I had that confidence. Um, and so, I, you know, I think that all of that did come from that initial leap of faith that I took. Um, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, if you'd like, you can just jump in with any of your favorite stories from your 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 time. Yeah, I, I you know, thinking about it, I it's actually been nice to reflect on <laughs> some of the fundraising <laughs> stories because. You know, they're, they're really, it's fundraising is all about relationships, as you know. And, and so when I think of fundraising stories, I just think of these deep, wonderful relationships that I've formed with people and, and they're very sweet memories. Um, you know, I think of, of one of the initial successes, uh, where it really felt like, yes, God is telling me that this is meant to be. Uh, we had one, I was introduced to this one Catholic executive, this gentleman, and he seemed to get the need for this right away. He seemed to get that this wasn't just kind of a local club here in Dallas, that this was an entrepreneurial venture that needed support, traction, backing. Um, So he actually took me under his wing kind of and mentored me a bit uh, with the effort or with the hope to to raise some money from some of his friends. And so what he did is uh, I put together a pitch with his support, with his guidance. And again, this is in, this was incredible um, kind of mentorship because he's the CEO of a major, major company. So to have this kind of direct guidance was just unbelievable. And we practiced together. And then he put together a luncheon of some of his friends where I came in, I gave the pitch, and then he asked me to leave. And then collectively, the the small group of individuals, about six of them, decided what they would contribute over a three-year period uh, for YCP. So he called me later that day and told me what they committed to and said they were all extremely impressed. And it was just such a win because it was the first time we'd ever gotten kind of a multi-year pledge. But it was also, I think, I you know, just on a personal level, I felt like I made this, this person proud who was uh, someone that I admired so much. And it was just a again a real affirmation that the hard work is paying off. This is this is where I'm meant to be, where God is calling me at this moment. Yeah, that's awesome. So that that's a unique story. I haven't uh, I haven't heard an experience exactly like that. Could you? So one question I'm thinking some of our listeners might have. I was we were talking about this right before we went live of just not knowing even how basic things are done when we're new to this. How did you meet that guy, the first guy? How did you make that connection? Again, I think so much of fundraising, if we think about it as relationships, it was it was through an introduction of someone who, again, believed in the ministry. It was a, a, a Catholic executive. His wife had been a speaker. Um, and so, again, he had seen... The, the fruits of this effort firsthand, um, seen the, you know, he was able to communicate 
the need for this with as much passion as I was. And so I think it's really important when you're, you know, approaching uh, these high level donors, they almost need that affirmation from a peer uh, in addition to, you know, someone like myself who is younger, but might seem very kind of green and, and, you know, lacking in experience. You know, I think having that, that older person with me in that meeting um, was really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's so true. The having referrals of any kind, like, like I tell people, um, one thing I realized probably a couple of years ago, I was looking through everyone in Heroic Media's database who had ever given a gift of $5,000 or more. Um, and, or I guess it was people who had given 5,000 or more within like the past five years since I'd been there. And I was looking through the list and I realized every single one of those people, like not over 90% of them, but every single one of them who'd given a gift of $5,000 or more had some personal connection. So either, you know, I met them at some event or a friend gave them a referral or they came to an event we were having because a friend invited them and then they gave a gift. It, it just doesn't happen. Uh, at least it can happen, but it is not the norm to just like, I found this rich person's name online and I called them and we had, we knew no one in common, but they agreed to meet with me and then they gave $50,000 to our organization. That's so, uh, I, I think the referral thing is, is huge. And just knowing that that's, that's where most philanthropy happens through personal introductions. So that's where we need to spend our focus. So I think that's a great point. Absolutely. I will also say though, you don't, I, I would recommend that people don't feel like they need a referral in order to approach someone. Um, right. Because I, I know there are some people out there who are very hesitant, you know, let's say there's someone they want to speak with, but they feel like if they don't have a lead, the, that person yeah, is yeah. untouchable. Um, what I did at the beginning, and again, it was just so much passion for this and, and belief in it, that if I heard of someone's name or I saw that they were involved in some cause I would just find their contact information and call them directly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I think, I think it's a balance. I would say, you know, definitely the referrals have been extremely um, helpful, but I also think sometimes just a cold call is, is worth it. I mean, what do you have to lose, especially if you believe in what you're doing? You know, that was going to lead to another story or not story, but just sort of, um, I guess, truth about YCP's success in fundraising, we have seen that those who have been most intimately involved are our largest donors. And I'm sure you that's been your experience with even this podcast and just personally, you know, our national board members are our largest donors. Um, they have seen YCP behind the scenes. Many of them have been involved as speakers. Uh, we do have a, 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 board, a board of people uh, living in different cities across the country to represent sort of the diversity of our, our chapters. And some of our board members are actually on the board of both the local chapter and our national organization. Um, so they're just very, very involved. They really believe in what we're doing. And they've actually given not just financially, a tremendous amount of time. Um, and, and so yeah. I think that uh, you're right. I mean, I think really having people involved um, and, and having that connection we've seen to be the most fruitful for us. Yeah. And I think that's a great benefit that YCP has. I would imagine you can, I'm just 
completely assuming, so tell me if I'm wrong. But I would imagine some of the times you've called people for the initial outreach to an executive is to uh, have them be a speaker at an event, um, which is a very good uh, you know introduction to the organization. Because it's people... I, I was just thinking about this this morning. Some of the people that I know that... Uh, I know you know as well. I can imagine them, uh, you know, getting the getting the phone call or being asked to be a speaker at a YCP event, and it's just like, why in the world would you not do that? If you're if if you're a Catholic business person, and a lot of times you might have felt like, man, like I've I'm living my Catholic faith and I'm super successful in business, but I kind of have to. Like I can't necessarily talk all the time at work about my Catholic faith and these things are both so important to me. And then all of a sudden someone comes along and says, hey, you're a Catholic and a successful business person. Could you come share your thoughts with a bunch of young people who want to be you when they grow up? Uh, I, I, I can't imagine. I can just imagine some of those people being like, this is what I'm, what I've been waiting for my whole life. <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, some people are actually hesitant to do it just because um, it's not a typical speech that they give. They're so used to giving, you know, sort of these professional right. talks to their organization. And one of the indirect kind of ministries that we have, I think, is is causing these speakers to pause and reflect on how are they living their faith in the workplace. Yes. Yeah. Many of them really are doing a tremendous job and they're inspiring, but I think this is maybe the first time they've had to stop and and really think about it. And so, yeah. you know, I think that maybe is why that they've been larger contributors is I think personally it's it's a good exercise for them. Secondly, you know, they see this this room of 150 young Catholics who are I think one thing that YCPers really show is a lot of uh, eagerness to learn. They're searching. It's clear that they're searching. They may not have the answers, but they're interested. And so they have this this audience who is listening to their every word. And then one of my favorite parts of the event is there's a dynamic Q&A at the end. And so you'll have a young person ask a question and you can really see through the questions that young people are craving guidance. And so I think with all those factors combined, it, it you know, it is a wonderful entry into YCP and, and, and then from there the, the you know, being asked to give it, it's a natural, you know, you've seen it firsthand. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Here's a question you, I'm sure, sure you weren't prepared for, but uh, maybe something will come to mind. Has anyone, I'm just thinking, so at, at a YCP event, you know, like a monthly event where you bring in a speaker, uh, have you ever found a someone who's there as an attendee, a fellow young Catholic professional comes there is like, wow, this is amazing. And then they wind up giving a significant gift to YCP. Yeah, we've absolutely have that had that happen. And that almost means more, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and do, do you have any, uh, can you think of any particular stories of like a time that something like that happened or maybe a relationship that uh, came about through that? Yeah. I mean, there have been several times and, and there was just one individual in particular um, who was just so encouraging to our team in addition to his financial gifts, sending us notes, uh, just saying, you know, keep doing this. And I can't yeah. tell you how much that means because, you know, this work is not easy that we do. And so, um, 
it, like I said, it really means more. Um, it, I will say it's been harder to have uh, giving come from the younger <laughs> generation yeah, yeah. with YCP. We've definitely had more success with those who have gone before us who understand the yeah, need. Yeah. Um, but we're working on that. We're working on it. I think I, you probably have some stories about that, about engaging young people and giving. Um, I think with young people in particular, they really need to be involved um, and yeah. then from there, you know, I think over time they become donors. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, so it's interesting. I'll, I'll encourage people to don't, don't write people off just because they're young. Mm-hmm. There was a, uh, yeah, someone I know he's, he's around my age and he and I are just friends and we were having lunch. We were having lunch one day and he starts telling me about, he's like, you know, Kevin, I really want to. I really want to start doing more giving. I just feel like I haven't been doing enough giving. Like I'm kind of at that point in my career where I've got some money and I'm just not like, I've just never made that a priority. So he's telling me this, but we're just as lunch as friends. And so I, I caution people on this. One of my rules is never ambush people. Like and what I mean by that is you go to have lunch with somebody just because you think you're friends. And then all of a sudden you're asking them for this $10,000 gift. I'm like, what just happened? And so, so he told me that and I was like, yeah, you know, made some generic comments about generosity. And then right after that lunch, I sent him an email to schedule a visit with him. And I was like, Hey, I hate ambushing people. And so I'm sending you this kind of formal thing to see if you'd be okay with me scheduling a visit with you about heroic media. And he said, yes. And, uh, we, we went to lunch another time and I, I asked him for, a significant gift. And he was like, he was kind of taken aback. And he was like, yeah, that was, that's, it took him a while. He was just kind of in shock for a few minutes, but then he kept talking about it. And he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. And and then he thanked me. And then he thanked me for asking him because he was just like, nobody's ever asking me. No one's ever asked me for a meaningful gift. And I, I know this is a good thing for me to do. And so, yeah, uh, everybody out there, don't don't write people off just because they're young. Uh, if, yeah, people, th- the most important thing we can do is just ask people. Uh, I think so. And I, I mean, I think it's also an invitation, you know? And I mean, one thing my mom has always said to me is that when you ask people for help, you are giving them the opportunity to grow in grace and virtue. Um, so, so often I think, we're afraid of asking people for things because we don't want to impose, we don't want to burden people, but we also have to think about it in the reverse. I'm giving someone an opportunity to, to practice their faith, to be generous, to help. Um, and I think that that's what fundraising really is all about. It's an invitation to participate in something beautiful together, you know, and it's, it's really, really that simple. Um, you know, and I, it's interesting also in your story that you shared about your friend that, you were direct when it came to it. I mean, you were, you were honest. And I've, I've found that to be the, the case uh, with my own history of fundraising, that when I beat about around the bush and kind of don't say things directly, I'm not successful. But when I do, I am the most successful. And so I think it's, it's really about confidence. And again, it's not a, a personal thing. This isn't about me, Jennifer Baugh, uh, this is about a cause that I believe so deeply in, and I that gives me confidence. It's you know it, it takes some of the 
uh, pridefulness away. And, you know, it, it then becomes about something bigger than ourselves that we can do together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Are there any other kind of like favorite stories you've had in fundraising? Well, I thought about a funny story. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> um, so this actually happened kind of recently. I got a voicemail from one of our speakers from a long time ago. And this guy was a character, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> and so apparently he heard that his speech from YCP was somewhere on the internet on YouTube. And he said, I tell you what, Jenny, if you can send me, if you can send me the link, I will give you $5,000. <laughs> And so I said, well, if he's going to give me 5000 just for sending him a YouTube link, I'm going to ask him for a little more. So I called him back and I said, I tell you what, I'll send you the YouTube link if you make it $10,000. And, <laughs> and he laughed and he said, my, you're a good saleswoman. And he said, he said he would do it. He said he would do that it. Is, that is amazing. <laughs> So, the oh my goodness, that that's so funny to me is because part of it is kind of like a little bit of a game because he was playing a game with me saying, you know, that he would do that for something silly. So, you know, it, it, I think you can have fun with fundraising too, which it seems yes. like you really do a great job of, Kevin, is, you know, you have fun with it. And I think that that's important too, because, you know, we need to make it lighthearted. Um, at the yes. end of the day, we're all people here and, yeah. and people are amusing, but we have to enjoy each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's, man, I love that story. And one of the, <laughs> to your point about, you know, we can have fun with people, uh, Anytime I can have someone laughing like right before an ask or right after an ask is best case scenario because yeah, I think sometimes we just put so much pressure and we like make it so strangely serious. So what gave you, was there anything in his giving history? Like had he ever given a $10,000 gift before? Do you know? No, he hadn't. But I mean, again, if he's if if five thousand could come that easily through just the the sending of a link, yeah. you knew that there was more available there. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I was taking a little bit of a risk by asking him that, but I, I felt like it was a risk that again it wouldn't be offensive to him. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and and so it was really just having fun. And then when it worked, I said, "Well, there you go." <laughs> that is so awesome. Yeah, Matt, but I can't congratulations. Oh, thank you. <laughs> on the on the boldness primarily cuz yeah, that's another one of my things is most of the time we just we just don't ask for enough. Um is is so common. So yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> one other story I thought of um cuz it just sticks in my mind is you know, you know in Dallas in February that occasionally we can get snow and um I remember it was one year, it was probably like five years ago, but there, it was a pretty intense snowstorm and no one was out on the road, but I had an appointment with a donor and I was planning to ask him for a gift. And it's extremely difficult to get a meeting with this person. And so I said, I don't care in my Jetta that's like super old, <laughs> I'm going to go. 
And I was, I mean, I, I tell you, I was sliding on the road. Like <laughs> if anyone was there, I, it would have been a huge accident. But I think because I had survived the elements, you know, when I actually got to his office, I kind of had this like almost fire in me that I was like, I risked my life again. I'm going to ask for this gift. (laughs) And I I got right to the point. It wasn't a lot of small talk. And, you know, I mean, of course, some some nice, you know, nice exchange. But then just got straight to the point, asked him for the gift. And he said yes. And then I left and again slid all the way home. (laughs) (laughs) But... You know, my mom happened to be visiting at that time and she said, Jen, your, you know, your perseverance and tenacity is just amazing. Um, And, you know, I won't say that I've been like that the whole time. I think that was a particular moment. Um, But I I do think, you know, it's a lesson to us in fundraising is that we do have to uh, be persevering. (laughs) We have to endure challenges. And then when opportunities come, we do have to seize them because you just don't know if they'll come again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. There's, yeah. I mean, there's so many times that perseverance is what, what wins the day. I'm trying to, have you ever, can you think of any experiences where, um, it either took you a very long time to get a visit scheduled with someone, or once you had the visit, you asked them for a gift, but then it took an obnoxiously long time for them to actually, uh, send in the money. Oh, so, so many stories like that. (laughs) It's so, it's so crazy to me because sometimes, you know, the gifts that are the largest sometimes take the shortest amount of time. And then a gift where you've been, or, you know, you've been working on a donor, trying to cultivate someone you think is going to give you a really large gift and it's taken a lot of time. And then the gift at the end, the size doesn't justify the time involved. So, yeah, I mean, in that sense, again, you really do have to be willing to endure. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. One story that comes to mind, um, you know, it, it's it was something very meaningful for me. And I think also good for me because I'm the type who is a little bit of a perfectionist, you know, likes to uh, do things in the right way. And, and um, you know, here was a success story where I, it was actually when I was not in a moment of perfection that led to a very, very, very large gift to YCP. Um, So I was with a current donor of YCP and together we had been working on approaching two groups um, to, for partnership where we were hoping to ask them for each of the groups for a gift towards a particular project um, where we wanted to partner together in this initiative. And so um, with this donor, we actually flew to another city. Um, There was a lot of planning involved, a lot of preparation. And then at the actual meeting, it was clear that these groups just didn't get what we were trying to do. They were not aligned with us. And it was so disappointing and disheartening that I think this donor um, who I've, you know, become very friendly with over the years, he could just sense my intense disappointment and discouragement. And he asked me, he said, Jen, we, we really need this money. You really want to see this, this through. And I said, yes. And I, I said, this is what we need. And I don't know what we're going to do now. And I mean, I was almost on the verge of tears, I think. And that was when yeah. he said that he personally would contribute what we were seeking to raise from these, uh, wow. these two groups. 
And so it was unbelievable. Wow. Uh, I mean, it's probably not what they teach you in fundraising about like, you know, <laughs> being super raw and emotional and all these things. Um, but you, you want to display a deep state of depression every time you. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it worked. And I think it also goes to show, again, we talked about before, this is not about me. This is not about presenting the perfect polished report or even the outcome is not in my control, but if there's a sense of trust um, in God and, uh, you know, a, a surrender, but also a, just a, a real honesty and authenticity, I think sometimes um, things do work out in the end. So it's good not to have a recipe sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, the the recipe there is... I, I think it is, it should be what you learn in in fundraising school a, uh, a few elements and that is one uh having a clear vision with a cost associated to achieving that vision uh seeking out people who can fund that and then um I, I think the other thing one of the you said he asked you is this something that you think needs to be done, Jen. And you said yes. And there's one of my uh, one of my fundraising idols, Jerry Panis, who's deceased. He wrote a book called Mega Gifts on people who have given gifts of a million dollars or more. And one of the things he says is every person he had interviewed who gave a mega gift and every person who had received a mega gift, they all had in common they that they had great trust and respect for the leader of that organization. And so whoever this person was, uh, a big part of it was you and not just like some, you know, fake online picture version of Jen, but like the real Jen. And, and this guy, uh, in a real sense, like I tell people all the time, like the relationships we build with our benefactors, like, so like I love so many of these people and like this, this couple probably loves you and they, they weren't just doing this because it was some like, you know, well, we can see on paper that the return is going to be this, but it's like, we trust Jen and we believe in what she's trying to accomplish. And so we're going to do this. And so, yeah, I think, I think in a lot of ways that that is a, a story that should be taught in fundraising school. <laughs> Maybe that's what this is. This podcast is, is the Kevin fundraising school. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's kind of the, uh, that's kind of my, yeah, yeah. the hope is uh, I, I learn best through stories. That's a lot of what I've learned about fundraising came from just hearing other people's stories and reading about things. And so, yeah, I want to bring this like that that story you shared is it's extremely valuable and uh so that's amazing. Congratulations. Oh, well, thank you. And I'm, you know, truly like you said, I, you know, truly indebted to this person not just for the organization but personally. Um it is a blessing, you know, because in other roles, you know, you you don't get to have such an intimate relationship with someone where they're 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 putting their trust in you to the point where they're willing to invest in you. Um, so there's a lot of responsibility that comes with it. And I, I take that very seriously with YCP, you know, like we mentioned at the beginning, um, you know, I, I, we do spend time fundraising of course, but we spend a tremendous amount of time, uh, analyzing how we're using the funds and, you know, are we being prudent stewards to the point where my 
teammates, we're all trained to uh, do cost benefit analysis. When we have several options for how we can spend the money, we, we really look into it. Um, you know, so, so that is in a sense, my style and always will be. And I think, uh, something where I, I feel more confident again in approaching donors because I know that we use funds well with YCP. Right. Um, so I think that that's a really important side of it too, is, is, you know, it's not just the money coming in, but it's, it's how the funds are used. Um, I think that's an important message to share with donors as well is, um, you know, yeah. here, here your funds are going to be in a sense multiplied because of, of the way we, we do the work that we do. Yeah, for sure. And do you have any examples of maybe someone gave a gift to YCP, kind of an, an initial gift, and then you were able to report back in some way kind of on results or here's what happened. And then once doing that, they decided to increase giving? Yeah, actually, you know, I mentioned that that donor circle, that initial um, mm-hmm. meeting, that luncheon that generated that three-year pledge. Well, a few of those donors were so happy with how those three years went that they've now stayed on and become some of our lar- largest, you know, continued donors. Um, and again, it was through kind of that reporting, that updating, uh, which is really, really wonderful. It, it does take time and, and there's a balance, you know, of uh, of time spent meeting new people versus time spent cultivating the donors that you really that you already have. Um, and that's that's where I've spent most of my time is is really kind of the our top donors is really really investing in in them, which is tough because we're all a growing ministry and we're reaching people nationally, and so there's constantly new people coming in. Um, so it's it's definitely a dance, it's a balance, but I, I think it it is important to go with the people who have a vested interest and really believe in this. There's one gentleman on our national board who is one of our largest donors. And the reason that he's such a, a generous giver to us is just of how much he believes in the mission. He lives it personally in his life, probably the best of anyone I've met through YCP. Um and so I think investing in, in that relationship with him is one of the one of the best things that we can do. Um, you know, it's through appreciation, but also involving him in our strategic projects and, you know, having him meet our members across the country. Um, you know, I, I think spending time with that particular individual is is, again, a huge uh, really important use of our time. So I think that's a, a lot of it with fundraising, too, is is being strategic with how you're, how you're using your time, who you're meeting with. Like I said before, those times in my history where I spent so much time with someone who ended up giving a a small gift, you know, learning from that and trying to identify patterns, you know, could I have told earlier on that that person maybe wasn't going to give such a large gift? It's a, it's a learning experience. It's not something you can know all those answers to right away. You have to, it's trial and error, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that thing of being in a lot of visits and just having that practice firsthand is, is so key because I mean, there's just some things you don't pick up. I mean, when, when you're first starting, there are, you've mastered literally nothing in the process. So you're, you're, you're focusing, you're trying to focus really hard on everything and, and you just can't like, there's a certain point where it's like, 
it's no longer uh, difficult to ask certain questions to find out, you know, they're giving priorities or now you know how to talk about your organization in a meaningful way and it doesn't require like <laughs> tons of effort. And so you can't notice little things that they might say that make you realize now is not a good time to ask. Or So <laughs> here's an example that I think uh, you'll appreciate and people will hopefully learn something from. I was I was brand new full time at Heroic Media and I I had no idea what I was doing. But I think I had just determined. I don't know why I did this, but I think for some reason I was like I need to get a $5,000 gift. Like I just <laughs> this was a and I was so focused on that. I have no idea why. But there was this guy that I met and we exchanged business cards and he was very interested in heroic media. So I scheduled a visit with him and we were supposed to go to, <laughs> there was a restaurant called Tupinamba that was, <laughs> it was, it was on Inwood, like right next to uh, whatever, right next to Picasso's. None of our listeners outside of Dallas are going to know what I'm talking about, but it used to be there. It's, it's now moved, but we were supposed to go to lunch there. We have the visit scheduled. The day comes around and he emails me and he's like, hey, I have to cancel last minute. So sorry. Yeah. I was like, okay, no problem. So we reschedule. It's the second time. And that day he emails me like the morning. I was like, so sorry, but I've got to reschedule. Oh, no. So it happens twice in a row. And then it happens a third time in oh, a row. Oh, my gosh. And then I finally get the visit scheduled. It's the fourth. It's the fourth attempt. And we go to lunch. And and I had one of my former colleagues with me on this visit, but I was I was leading it. And he starts he says a few things, I think, that were like made me question if this guy like someone should have questioned if this person was in a position to give. And then he kept asking me and my colleague, like, so what do you guys do? Like you <laughs> like he didn't mean what does the organization do, but like what is this whole thing that you do called fundraising? <laughs> Which if someone starts asking that type of question, that means that they clearly have never been in a situation like this and giving is just completely foreign to them. But I just, you know, went right over my head and I was like, I'm going to get my $5,000. Oh, no. And so, so I asked him for the gift and it was just a, it was one of the few times that it was just a, a hard no. And uh, then we moved on. <laughs> and, oh, my uh, <laughs> gosh. That story is painful. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, but he's a good guy. If you're okay. if you're listening out there, uh, it was my fault, not yours. I'm sorry <laughs> to put you through that. <laughs> oh, there, yeah, there's just so much of that. I think you have to have a thick skin, right? In in fundraising, you have to be willing to take some no's and, you know, yeah. some rejection. <laughs> so if you're not the type who's, who, you're, you know, if you're the type of person who's not cool with any rejection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is not the career for you. It's not for you. Yeah. But again, it's not really about you. <laughs> so Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's it. At, at the end of the day, it's, it's not about you. It's about the benefactor and it's about the people that you serve. And so, yeah, I mean, just going into every visit, every phone call, knowing that, you know, I'm 
reaching out to this person, not because it affects me, but because there is, I mean, in YCP's instance, there's, there's some young Catholic out there in some city that we don't have a chapter that, you know, could have been reached and could have had a, you know, a, uh, wow, how am I blanking? A conversion. (laughs) Exactly. Well, yeah. And strengthen, strengthen community for sure. You know, it's interesting. um, Our chapters that are, well, I guess we call them prospective chapters. So, so what happens now in a new city that wants to be part of YCP, they want to be part of the network is they actually have to fundraise 25,000 in order to be considered and be part of this effort, entered into training, receive all of our materials, et cetera. And so we do provide them with support and help um, and connections as to how to fundraise locally. But what I've found is, you know, that most people need the training on is just they're, they're not painting a, a, you know, a, an exciting enough picture, uh, you know, an an exciting enough vision. They are very, you know, saying we need the funds to move in into this next step in the process. Um, whereas, you know, we, when the way we think of it is that, you know, you're investing in something that's going to have a lasting legacy in your city and your diocese. And it's, it's actually a no brainer investment because this is, these are the possibilities and so I think that that's something important in fundraising too is is um, to paint an exciting vision um, and not, in a sense, uh, limit the vision, um, but but really make sure you're sharing the full scope of it. Um, because I think I don't know. I would say in your experience, I'm sure that people really buy into the excitement, the the picture that you paint for them. Um, yes, yes, they do want to know the details, and of course, but uh, really, it's more about um, sort of the idea and the hope that they that they can contribute to that idea. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. It's uh, I've mentioned this on the show before, but another book by Jerry Panis. He's quoting Bob Schuler, but the quote was something like, "There's never a shortage of money." there's only a shortage of bold and exciting ideas. Mm-hmm. And and that's exactly it. I mean, if you, if you can show someone like this is a massive vision that's going to have tremendous impact, but specifically for individuals uh, and my money can help move that forward. That's when people can, can give significantly. So that's exactly it. Any other, uh, well, two things maybe any other just stories you wanted to share or potentially you had a funny story uh what about a particularly horrible story (laughs) (laughs) where everything went wrong well you know it's a blessing not too many stories jump to my mind when you say horrible so i'm very thankful for that i don't know if that means that i'm not trying hard enough (laughs) (laughs) Um, no it probably just means you have a slightly higher uh what do they call it uh, emotional intelligence or, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I do. I do remember in the very, very early years of YCP, like, in fact, I think it was the first year, um, I met someone who again, introduced me to a, a person who had tremendous giving potential. And so we put together a great pitch. All the financials were there. Um, but again, we were selling at this point, YCP was really nothing. It was an idea. It was just a concept. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, but I, again, the presentation was, was good. And actually 
most of what was in that presentation has come true. Uh, but this this particular person said to me, you know, kind of cut me off right right in the middle of my presentation. Um, and said to me that you're trying to run before you've learned how to crawl. And that was pretty much it. And, you know, we were ready to be done with me. And so it was, it was discouraging because we had invested so much time. And I think there was a lot of hope in this particular person. And, and at the very beginning, you're mm. looking for signs, you know, that this is meant to be. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I remember that being particularly tough and kind of going home and wondering, what am I doing here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in the end, this person did actually become a donor of YCP. He, okay. I guess, he just wanted to see some traction. Um, and so yeah. I think that also is a testament to the fact that different types of people like to give to different types of things. Like some people are excited by the concept of a total startup that <laughs> is yeah. really yeah. just in vision stage. Other people want to give, they maybe want to be the ninth donor for, uh, you know, some sort of giving where you're seeking 10 donors. They want to be one of the last, right. you know, right. um, they want to already have seen that, that momentum. So yeah. it, that's another interesting thing too, is to kind of, kind of understand where the person's at and what type of donor they, they really are and, and how they might like to support YCP. Yeah, for sure. So tell me about after that visit where he, you know, basically told you to uh, slow down. Um, how long was it until he gave his gift? You might not, this, this was a, quite a while ago. So do you remember like how long it was? What led to him giving his gift? Were there any more conversations? I think it was actually a couple of years after that initial presentation. Okay. So it, yeah. was, it was quite some time. And I think it was, a, again, a, a, a different individual, a peer of his who he respected, again, said, look, you ought to, you ought to consider this group I've given. And so I think it yeah. was that additional referral that really helped give this person more confidence. Um, so it was... So definitely yeah. a, a long, long-term game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's really helpful because a lot of times we can get discouraged by like, you know, it's not an immediate yes. So we just move on. And I had one of, uh, one of my clients that I'm coaching. He had, he had a visit scheduled with someone of enormous capacity, like serious, serious money. And he, th this guy's given away tens of millions of dollars in his lifetime. And he goes to see him at his house. And the guy just tells him, uh, like, basically right away, he's like, uh, this isn't possible. So I'm not interested. And <laughs> yeah. like, it's just, like, w what you're trying to do just isn't going to happen. Um, like, not, not, not even like... I'm not going to give, but probably no one should give. Like in, like in just... Shark Tank when uh, the guy says, yeah, like, yeah. go shoot your project, you know, <laughs> behind a shed. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. Like the uh, – you're going to get crushed like the cockroach that you are. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, yeah, and so – but stories like this are really helpful because sometimes people need to – like they're sometimes per people's first initial impression – is either accurate. Like this guy probably had some truth in what he was telling you. Um, and then it was further along and he was like, okay, I can, I can see what they were saying actually did come true. So I, I learned a little something. 
Um, and then other times people just, I don't know, it just takes them a while to, to get bought into an idea. And it's, it's easy for all of us, especially with things that are kind of transformational or, you know, we see this in the for-profit world all the time. Things like Uber, Airbnb, Facebook, people thought these were all ridiculous concepts. And, uh, a lot of times if you don't have that kind of polarizing reaction, then that sometimes a polarizing reaction can be a sign that this is something that really has hit a nerve. So there's something there. Yeah, that's true. I think if you're doing anything really kind of noble or worthwhile, if, if it's, uh, you're, you're probably going to have some people who are against you, <laughs> which again yeah, is yeah. maybe a sign that you're doing the right thing. So, yeah. I mean, I think the theme of our podcast together is really like perseverance <laughs> and trust in God, <laughs> which yep. you definitely pretty much need. life in general. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, any other stories that you'd like to share, Jen? I mean, you know, I wouldn't say that I I've been the best fundraiser, um, but I, I think that you know there's been an authenticity there and a passion. One story I was going to share with you, just for your thoughts, um, because again, this might be a personality type thing, but for me, the closer I actually become to a donor. Um, the harder it is for me to ask that person for, for gifts in the future, because I feel like they've Mm. almost become kind of like part of my family in a sense. Um, and so I actually do a better job when the person is somebody that I know, but not too intimately well. Um, but you know, in a sense that there's, there's connection there, there's admiration, but not someone yet that's like part of your you know, intimate friend group. Um, That might be a personal thing, but I actually had one, a person that I'm thinking of right now say, Jen, I'm so surprised. You know, you've been able to ask these unbelievable top-notch CEOs for things. You've been able to do all these things, but you're struggling right now asking me for a gift. I'm surprised at you. And so it was interesting having him uh, call me out on that helped me realize that that is something that's challenging for me that I've had to kind of work through. Uh, Because again, it's sort of counter to what we talked about before of really wanting to establish deep relationships with people. And we saw uh, that person who I've become so close with ended up giving YCP one of its largest gifts. (laughs) So uh, that's something that I've learned about myself. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. No. Yeah. It's a, it's a really interesting point you brought up i've never heard someone verbalize it before but i think that's i think that's very common and i i definitely have some of the sense of what you're what you're talking about Mm -hmm. and this this kind of comes back to the ambush thing um because i think a lot of times some of my hesitation to ask someone that i'm extremely close to for a gift is because i think uh I'm not, I I don't want them to feel like I'm ambushing them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, so sometimes if we're like, if it's a family member, for instance, like if I were going to, if I were going to ask, you know, a very close family member for a gift, that's really awkward. Mm -hmm. And, but the reason it's really awkward, I think is because we just, we just throw it in kind of randomly Mm -hmm. in the, because we see these people all the time, 
We go have meals with them. We talk to them on the phone. We just decide on our schedule, hey, this time when I'm on the phone with them, I'm just going to pop in this uh, <laughs> this request for a gift, which is which is really awkward. So this, this seems kind of counterintuitive, but it's almost like the closer I am with someone, the more formal I make it just like mm-hmm. with the guy uh, who I, I ended the lunch, sent him an email, <laughs> yeah. told him more formally, like I, I told him more formally than I ever tell someone. Like, I want to schedule a visit with you regarding heroic media. And just so you know, I'm probably going to ask you <laughs> for a significant gift. And because I want him to yeah. be able to say then, no, right. I don't want to have that conversation. Right. But if he gives me the green light, then I know it's okay. So same thing, people I've worked with for you know six or seven years at Heroic Media, I'll see them frequently and a lot of times in just social interactions. But if I'm if I'm probably going to ask them for a gift, I make very sure that they know. I use the same language I do with new people. The reason I'm reaching out is to schedule a visit regarding heroic media. And they know uh, that they have that expectation of this isn't just our typical kind of social interaction. Yeah, I think that's actually really great advice, you know, um, because in a sense, by putting it out there, it takes away some of that awkwardness, you know, and, and again, being direct, I do think is always the best approach. Um, you know, it, it being direct doesn't mean being rude, doesn't mean sort of lacking, you know, in gentility or, or tact. It, it just means saying things like they are, um, because, yes. you know, oftentimes the truth is really what people are looking for anyway. And I, I think especially in this day and age, you know, I've had financial advisors approach me for, you know, to, to obviously like put my money um, with them. And I'm amazed how they start these meetings off by saying, Oh, let's just get to know each other first when I know that they want my money. (laughs) Um, And so I'm like, you know, no offense to you, but uh, you know, you seem like a great guy, but I I don't really want to get to know you that much. Um, (laughs) So Whereas if they started off by saying, look, you know, I think that, you know, potentially what we have to offer at our firm could be really interesting to you. I'd like to talk to you about it. But first, is it okay if we get to know each other better? You know, I think by maybe shifting and being more direct at the beginning, I know I personally prefer that approach. And I I think donors do too. Yes. Wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely. The, uh, What's the best way to put this? I pe- people can tell when you're so our intention with not being very direct is it's like we don't want to make this awkward. That's that's the intention. We don't want to make it awkward because if we were super duper direct and just told them this is what we're doing. We think that'll be uncomfortable. But the reality is when you don't do that, then it's just it's so uncomfortable. They can sense there's something else going on that they're not telling me, which makes you seem untrustworthy. Uh, and that's just super awkward because, because then eventually, yeah, I mean, you just know when someone has another motive mm-hmm. in a conversation <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So clarity, clarity is extremely important and just keeping those relationships, you know, clearly defined like this mm-hmm. is because you, you never want to get into a position where, and this is something I actually, 
I'm glad you brought up that point about the financial advisor because I was speaking with someone else about this recently. If we begin a relationship, like when I'm beginning a relationship with someone uh, as a uh, someone working for Heroic Media, I make it very clear that this is about Heroic Media. So again, same language to schedule a visit regarding Heroic Media because if you don't set the tone from the first interaction – that this relationship is obviously, I think anyone that knows me knows, like, I care about people. But if I don't set the tone that this is about heroic media from the start, if you don't do that from the start, there is no other time you can change that relationship and not have it be really weird. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so much of it is just about respect for the other person, uh, respect for their time, um, you know, thinking about how you would want to be approached and also then sharing an incredible amount of passion. Um, I think that's the most important thing in passion, but then it has to be followed up with a sense of competency that the funds yeah. are not going to be blown like a musician in the wind. You know, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, the funds are going to be used wisely and, you know, you have to convey that, that sense of professionalism and, um, and, you know, value for, for their funds and for fund use of funds in general. So I think it's those two things, passion and being competent and, and showing that sense of professionalism and prudence that are, are really probably the most important thing. And then also valuing these individuals as, uh, as, as people that we, you know, with YCP, we pray for our donors. Um, oftentimes we, we send them mass cards. So, uh, you know, offering a mass for their intentions, for their families. Um, you know, there's red, the dog that you'll edit out. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I think it's important that, uh, we think of these people as, as part of the movement, part of the effort because yeah. without them, we wouldn't be able to do this incredible work that we do. And I think it's also a wonderful witness to our young people to see that there are generous people out there who believe so yes. much in the future of the church, who believe in, in being generous and giving back. You know, you and I said this at the beginning that we can't take our funds with us, you know, when we die. Um, and so what kind of legacy are we leaving? Where are we, where are we investing our time? What do we, what do we value? What do we hold dear? And I think with YCP, the message that we've been trying to share is that giving to YCP does have a multiplier effect because in a sense, we're raising up future philanthropists. We're raising up future leaders in society. Um, so all of those causes that you hold dear, they're going to need someone to fund them when you move on. So in a sense, by an investing in YCP, it's investing in a succession plan for your giving. Um, and so I, I think that message is, has been compelling, um, and I hope it will continue to be. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I think that's a, a great spot to uh, end on, Jen. And yeah, I just love all the stories you shared. I think the... Uh... <laughs> I think my favorite is the possibly of all time <laughs> asking the guy to give 10,000 for the link. It's a, uh, a power move that everyone should uh, put into their, their quiver. Their arsenal. Uh, at the appropriate terms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But thanks so much for being on the show and uh, look forward to talking soon. Thank you so much, Kevin. That was Jen Baugh with YCP. 
If you found this episode valuable, please subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to stay up to date on the show, you can like One Visit Away on Facebook or connect with me, Kevin Fitzpatrick, on LinkedIn. Guys, I post uh, things on LinkedIn pretty much every day with little tips on how to be more successful at Major Gifts. So if you want to get those, the only way is to connect with me on LinkedIn. You can also sign up for the One Visit Away email list by clicking the link in the notes section of this episode. If you really want to help the show grow, please personally share this episode with other development professionals. I hope Jen's words have inspired you to schedule more visits. The whole purpose of this show is to inspire you to schedule more visits. So right now, go schedule a visit. Get off this podcast and schedule a visit. Pick up the phone, dial the number, send that text, send that email, and get it done. Don't wait for tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes. Do it today. Do it right now. When you get off this, your email box is probably full with urgent but completely unimportant things from your boss or from somewhere else that are wanting some response, ignore it. Don't fill out your activity report until you have activity to report on. Schedule a visit. Get in touch with that person you've been avoiding and get it done right now. The thing that's going to separate you from every other major gift officer, every other fundraiser, both within your organization and without, it's not going to be because you were the one that turned in your expense report on time every week. It's going to be because you were the one that was relentlessly scheduling visits. So go schedule the visit. Because as we realize from Jen's story, you're just one visit away from a gift that will completely fund one of your most important projects.